It is the fourth Sunday of Easter today, which means it is Good Shepherd Sunday, a day for readings and songs and images full of sheep and shepherds, in case you hadn't figured that out already. The church marks this particular Sunday in this way every year, and it always brings up some mixed feelings for me. Maybe it does for you as well. On the one hand, at the heart of this day is a familiar and deeply comforting image. Jesus the Good Shepherd, Jesus with a lamb resting gently on his shoulder. It's an image that speaks of intimacy and belonging and abiding care, things we all long for and value in our faith. Christians have treasured this image of Jesus for hundreds and thousands of years. All of that is wonderful, but of course the image also casts us as sheep, which is maybe a little more problematic. (laughs) So I don't know about you, but I tend to think of sheep as not exactly the brightest creatures in God's creation. We tend to think of them as dim-witted, messy animals that, as preacher Barbara Brown Taylor puts it, are basically kept in order to be shaved or slaughtered. A Sunday to meditate on how we are like them isn't exactly my idea of an uplifting worship service. Taylor very helpfully notes, however, that sheep have gotten an unfairly bad rap over the years, and she suggests it might be at least in part the fault of cattle ranchers who are basically complaining that sheep don't behave like cows. Cows can be driven from behind by whooping cowboys, urging them on with shouts and whips. But that doesn't work with sheep, she says. If you stand behind them and make a bunch of noise, they'll just sort of mill around and maybe try to get behind you. It might look silly if you're used to cows, but to those who know sheep, it makes perfect sense because they don't want to be pushed. They want to be led. They want somebody in the front showing them where to go. And when that someone is their trusted shepherd, the one whose voice they have come to recognize, the one in whose presence they have learned to feel safe, they'll follow anywhere. Maybe some of you have more experience with sheep than I do and can tell me if I'm off here. But I find all of that a really helpful bit of context for Good Shepherd Sunday. We don't need to spend the day talking about how we're all a bunch of slobbering dumb sheep who can't accomplish anything worthwhile. Instead, we can spend the time talking about our very real need for someone to follow, our need for a shepherd who will show us the way, and about Jesus, of course, who presents himself not just as any shepherd, but as the good shepherd. The word for good that is used in Greek there isn't exactly the opposite of bad. It's more like our English word ideal or model. I'm the model shepherd, Jesus is saying here. I am what the sheep genuinely need, what a shepherd really ought to be. And what better place to look for images of a master shepherd than the 23rd Psalm, where it is in fact God tending the sheep. You probably know this psalm well. Maybe you know it by heart. But have you ever noticed how much movement there is in it? It's not a poem about hanging out lazily in some calm, idyllic field, which, based on my very limited experience, is what I kind of tend to imagine sheep as doing. 
But no, this shepherd and sheep are on the move. Sure, at the start of the psalm, God does invite the speaker to lie down in green pastures, but they don't stay there. The poem is full of journey language, passing through one landscape after another. And because sheep need to be led, not pushed, God the shepherd is in the lead the whole way, showing the sheep where to go. It's a beautiful picture of God's guidance through the seasons and landscapes of a human life. And there are a couple of things that I think it's worth pointing out along the way. The first is that language about God leading the speaker on right paths or righteous paths, as it could also be translated. I learned this week that the Hebrew word for path that's used there has connotations of ground worn smooth by the wheels of a cart. It's ground where others have passed before, where there's sort of a groove in the soil to guide you along. I like that image that God, our shepherd, will lead us in places where people acting in righteousness have left a track to follow. We're not setting out aimlessly into the wilderness here. Others have come before us, walking in faith, hope, and love, seeking God's guidance, standing up for justice. They have left grooves in the terrain, and God will lead us there on those paths of righteousness through life. So that's the first thing to notice, the sort of paths the divine shepherd will lead us on. And here's a second. Those paths don't only pass through quiet, pleasant pastures. They also lead to much darker, more difficult country as well. The world has once again been watching my hometown of Minneapolis this past week. George Floyd's death at the hands of law enforcement 11 months ago helped to draw national attention to the devastating effects of police violence on black people in the United States. It has sparked international protests against racism in other contexts as well. And the world was watching again this week as a jury in Minneapolis convicted Derek Chauvin of murder. Maybe, like me, you have been watching the reactions to the verdict, the celebrations in the streets, the outpouring of emotion, the members of the black community saying again and again, we matter. Like so many others, I have been profoundly relieved to see the man who held his neck, his knee on Floyd's neck for nine minutes held accountable for what he did. And I can sort of feel a temptation in myself now to say, all right, thank goodness that's all over. Thank goodness this decision went the right way and justice has been served. Thank goodness we can put this terrible tragedy behind us. Yes, this verdict is an important step, but of course nothing is really over. The discrimination goes on. The systemic racism goes on. The violence goes on. While Chauvin's trial was taking place, Dante Wright, another young black man, was pulled over, shot, and killed by a police officer in my city. The work of seeking justice, of working for a society where all are treated equally, where the safety and well-being of all is truly protected, is still just beginning. 
In this moment in my home country, the paths of righteousness don't lead off into quiet green pastures. No, right now the paths of righteousness lead into the valley of the shadow of death, into facing the deathly experiences of black people and the death-dealing reality of white supremacy. The paths of righteousness lead into that difficult work of reckoning with racism and struggling for social change. I was struck by the language of the 23rd Psalm this week. The shepherd leads the sheep throughout this poem, not only beside the still waters at the beginning, but also into that darkest valley. It's not that the sheep were wandering along aimlessly and got lost and one day realized they had stumbled into the shadow of death. No, the shepherd was at the head of the flock. The shepherd led them there. Sometimes the darkest valley is just where we need to be taken. Sometimes it is where the paths of righteousness lead. I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. I provide for the needs of the sheep. I lead them where they need to go. I know them, and they know me. And I never, never leave them. I hope you caught that in our gospel reading. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus says it not once, not twice, but five times in this short passage. The hired hand will leave when the going gets tough, when the wolf prowls or a more exciting opportunity shows up somewhere else. But the good shepherd is not going anywhere, no matter what. The good shepherd will stay with the sheep, even if it means laying down his very life. The paths of righteousness can lead to some pretty difficult places to places where our assumptions need to be challenged or our privilege confronted, to places where our fears need to be faced or our prejudices named, to places where hard and necessary work needs to be done and much is asked of us. The paths of righteousness pass through challenging terrain sometimes, but we can go there because the Good Shepherd who knows us and loves us, is in the lead. Because Jesus is with us, and he is not about to leave just because the going gets tough. Remember that the next time Jesus seems to be leading away from the cozy pastures, away from the still waters, away from the familiar landscapes and into some darker valley. Faithful people have been here before, following the paths of righteousness. And we don't need to fear, because the shepherd is with us, asking what he has always asked of his disciples, each and every one, time and time again, all the way from the beginning. Follow me. Amen. <laughs>